You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the games edition. A gaming podcast for people who want honest opinions by freaks with nothing better to do with their time. Here's Roger and his crew. One of the biggest things that I heard this week, in my opinion at least, was this pre-order bonus for Dragon Age 2. Because... Not because of how, you know, awesome it is, because, yeah, it is pretty cool and all that, but just because it seems to, if this trend catches on, maybe we can kiss goodbye the collector's editions and have these signature editions instead that are going to be encouraging you to pre-order the game and get the same kind of bonuses that you would have gotten otherwise with a collector's edition. So you're not gouging your customer, but you're also getting something in return by encouraging them to purchase your product in advance. So I was really, really quite excited about this. Like the 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 stuff that they're including with this as well is like you're getting a another playable character and missions. You're getting the game soundtrack, downloadable game soundtrack, exclusive in-game digital armory featuring multiple weapons, which is kind of cool, and then additional download items, which is them just setting themselves up that they can do whatever they want. I don't know. I I don't know what you thought. I again, I was I I would like to see more of this from other developers. Oh hell yeah. I mean, especially given what we've seen previously from EA and BioWare with regards to, you know, new games versus pre-owned, let alone uh, pre-orders versus, you know, just regular purchases. With the whole, you know, project $10 bullshit of, oh, you got to pay an extra $10 to play multiplayer. Yeah, fuck you, Madden. But like like we saw with um Dragon Age Origins, you know, they had the Stone Prisoner packed in with the new purchases or uh, Mass Effect 2 had the Cerberus network, which in retrospect uh I'd have been pretty pissed <laughs> off if I had bought if I had bought that pre-owned and then paid the fifteen bucks for Zaid and a tank. <laughs> but I mean, this there there's nothing bad you can say about this. Like they're not forcing you to pre-order the game. You're not going to really miss out on much if you decide, you know, to wait a few weeks or what have you. They're they're they're, they're not saying that you know nothing. If you decide to wait and get it pre-ordered, or I mean uh, pre-owned, you know, you, you might might even break even buying some of this stuff individually. They didn't say it's going to be exclusive to the pre-orders. And God, I hope it's not exclusive to the pre-orders. We already know they don't do exclusive <laughs> exclusive <laughs> stuff. I mean, look at with the Mass Effect stuff that was, you got it for your pre-order, but then they just wound up selling it later on anyways. So we already know that's the case. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's just... Just to get rid of the concept of all the retailer-specific pre-order bonuses that we all despise, that that alone makes this a great decision for me. Well, we despise despise and love though. It's it's a double-edged sword. Because some we of the despise stuff that them because we they love doing them. it. And good point. That's exactly how you want to say it. Because man, some of the shit that they're coming out with is like. Oh, I want, I want so bad, but then it's again they're 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 forcing you. Whereas this to me isn't. See, I'm I'm looking at it differently again because it's it's more of a they're giving you a lot more and it's it's stuff that otherwise you may have found in a collector's edition, um, with the exception of any kind of actual things like the the playing cards from Fable Three, which even nobody wants. Mail them to me. I want them, okay? Because <laughs> I don't want to buy the collectors for that, <laughs> but I want those cards. But no, I. Uh, <clears throat> Going from the track record with both De- Dragon Age as well as Mass Effect, I'm certainly buying this. So for anybody who feels the same, who feels that, yes, this is definitely a must purchase, then this to me is is an awesome deal. And I'd like to see a hell of a lot more. And it's not like they're saying, hey, you got to pre-order it by next week. I mean, they're giving you until January. Odds are by January, we're going to know enough about the game to, to, to make a, a reasonable decision of whether or not it's going to be a p- good purchase or not. They said everybody that pre-orders by January 11th is getting it. It's not like, you know, oh, sorry, you pre-ordered January 9th. Well, we ran out of the signature editions on the 8th. So uh, sorry, buddy. So I, I think by at least, you know, if you're, oh, God, I'm doing it again. Oh, my God, again. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on the fence about the game, you know, three months from now, you'll probably be feeling a little more confident about whether or not you're going to make that purchase or not. And again, anybody who enjoyed the the first one as well as Mass Effect is almost likely going to be buying it. That's just 
this is just the way it is. As, as pissed off as I am with them, what they're doing with the PC version, the fact is I'm still going to be buying it without a doubt. Um, another one that we are hearing more about too is the Game of the Year edition for Borderlands. They released another video for it. I'm actually going to play it for the folks in the audience here. Turn off the volume because it's awesome. I love Claptrap. Um, I actually saw this in the shop and I actually considered buying it, even though I've got the PC version, just so that I could pick it up and play it with my PS3 buddies because... I don't have it for console, and this includes all of the um, all of the downloadable content as well. So if you haven't picked it up and you were considering it, like man, I'm tart. Uh, now's the time to pick it up. The bonus that you're getting with this as well too is you're going to be able to get into Duke Nukem early to mess around with that as well. I'm definitely buying this for my 360. Even like you, I own the first one on PC. Just because, like, like you said, uh, to be able to play it with friends that I couldn't play it with before. And I didn't get any of the downloadable content for it on PC. So, and as we've discussed previously, which we won't get into the arguments, I actually prefer my console to my PC. You know, say what you want about me. So, yeah. between that and being able to get early access to Duke, sure, I'll buy this game. Yeah, it's not going to be a day one purchase, but, you know, once I clean out my backlog of games that I'm sitting on right now, this is sitting on the shelf, sure, because there's actually not a whole lot else coming out this year that really is a must-buy for me. Actually, I'm going to be definitely looking for this as a used game to pick up. Um, like, like I just picked up um, Dead Rising 2 and Halo Reach. I had a coupon for uh, local shop, and I was buy one used, get the other one for half price. So I got them for like 40 bucks plus tax each. So I picked them both up. So this is going to be one of those that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. And again, if you're watching the trailer as well at the 2.36 mark, that's when you're seeing Mr. Duke Nukem walking by as well. I had to actually... <laughs> check a couple of times because I saw something flicker but when you're not paying attention you don't notice it and then go frame by frame and it's like son of a bitch there's Duke Nukem walking across <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, just, it's such a great trailer too I mean we've seen a lot of these videos with Claptrap but throwing in the other the other characters I loved the little argument between Moxie and yes. uh, Dr. Ned it's like my downloadable content sold more than yours like oh yeah big surprise Mad Moxie's under boobs yeah. you know <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a great trailer. I did enjoy it. It's it's on the site if you guys want to go check it out anyways. Um, some of the other news that we found out about this week too, which was not as good, I know you don't care, but I do, is that uh, Gran Turismo 5 has been delayed. So it's not coming out November 2nd like they'd said. It is, it's been delayed. Um, they're saying that it's still going to be this holiday season. So the, and what we've been hearing is that the delay should not be too long, but what I've been hearing is that it's most likely because they want to make sure that the firmware is on there and everything so that the it cannot be played with the um, the jailbreak USB key because Gran Turismo 5 is literally a console seller for the PlayStation. And knowing that, they want to make sure that the game is not going to run on prior versions of the firmware because the USB key goes to 3.41, I believe, and then nothing after that. So if people have kept it there so that they can keep their PS3s jailbroken, they then would not be able to play GT5. Now, that's just rumor, but it's fairly convincing one as far as I'm concerned. Uh, no matter what, you know reason they come up with it's just not surprising when they say oh Grand Turismo is delayed <laughs> well when they start talking about like there's a, a feature on it in this month's core as well which because I got the PlayStation Plus I get the core you get the play the core free every month as well and there's a really nice feature where they're talking to the developers about it and the process that goes into it even if they had said yeah we're going to be delayed and not really any rumors <laughs> floating around when they start talking about the months and months it takes for each one and the work that went into each individual car yeah i buy it no take your time that's all right <laughs> i'll be quite happy once it comes out got something to say I, i'm gonna let it go all right then uh i know you don't care but i do i'm gonna be going like vroom vroom with everybody i'm gonna have a blast you can just sit and play your stupid little halo I bought it, but I'm not playing it. It's going to be my son. It's going to be play. If you ever see me playing Halo, it ain't me. It's my son who's playing because I got the live account. Uh, some other news that we heard was about Final Fantasy XIV getting some big changes, and they're extending the free trial period. I'm actually going to let you tackle this one. 
Yeah, Square has pretty much stepped up and admitted that their game wasn't ready for release and has extended everybody uh, who creates a new account, I think before the 24th or whatever, I forget the exact cutoff date, but basically everybody gets a second free month before they actually have to start paying, which, hey, that's great, except for all the people who already canceled their accounts. They're not going to come back for another month. <laughs> another free month of crap, yeah. Yeah. And I, they, they did outline some nice changes that are coming up. Uh, one that was actually just implemented was the changes to the market warts. For anybody who doesn't know, Final Fantasy XIV has no auction house. What you do is you hire retainers. They're basically NPCs that will go and do your uh, personal shop for you. You know they'll buy, they'll sell items for you. They can even buy items for you, but the restrictions on that are completely stupid. Unfortunately, basically what you get is these market wards that are just filled with crap tons of NPCs, and you got to sit there and browse through hundreds of them looking for the one item you want. It's completely unintuitive. So they decided to implement uh, more segregated wards, uh, the magic ward, the war ward, stuff like that. So if you're selling uh, weapons in the war or weapon ward, then you'll get a decreased tax on the sales to basically encourage people to have multiple retainers and place them in the multiple areas to make it a little more intuitive. Of course, just putting in a freaking auction house would have been the better solution. But for whatever reason, they decided they don't want to do auction houses. And that's what kind of bugs me about a lot of these changes that are coming up to the game. It's all shit that should have been in there in the first place. For example, and the and I'm quoting several things from the articles here in the late November version update, which is uh, their next big update that they're planning. All kinds of changes coming out. First of all. The, the addition of a feature that will allow players to sort their inventories. Why isn't that in the game now? It's a menu-driven game. You have to have an auto-sort or even a manual sort in your inventory. Doesn't exist. Currently working on methods to make navigating the game's menus simpler and more efficient. God, the menus <laughs> are a mess. Yeah, but again, that goes right back to your, uh, gee, you want to put your game out with intuitive menus. You want it to, yeah. th that, that must be a selling feature, not something that you fix once it's been released. Yeah. What the hell did they do in the beta? I mean, this is all simple <laughs> stuff that, that I guarantee on the beta or even the alpha forms, they had tons and tons of complaints about. Uh, players will be able to scroll their maps via dragging the mouse. Holy crap mouse control what do you know <laughs> uh players will be able to relay their current coordinates to others using a text command that was in final fantasy 11 why is that not in final <laughs> fantasy 14 here here is here is the absolute best players will be able to use control r to send instant replies to tells what <laughs> especially in this game in this game every character has two names so if we're having a conversation, every freaking sentence I type has to be slash tell Roger old fart, you know, whatever. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> it was just so stupid stuff, basic things that should have been in the game in the first place. And now after everybody is freaking pissed as can be, they're considering making these changes. Did you hear about the, the greatest rage quit of all time over in Japan? No. This dude was so pissed off over Final Fantasy XIV. Not only did he cancel his account, he sold all of his stock in Square. Oh, he sold off the equivalent of $26 million worth of stock. Square's stock dropped half of its value <laughs> that one day. Holy crap. Big oh, surprise I, I, that yeah. a couple days later, now they're releasing all this information. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Well, just, just how the game itself is built. Somebody so should contact him and tell him he's got a free month. <laughs> he should get his account back. It's just the game is so unintuitive on every single level. Like, I'm not even talking about the actual gameplay itself. You know, parts of the game are very interesting. I'm sure the, the battle system gets a little more entertaining once you have some more skills, but it's such a freaking chore just to get there. It's such a chore to do everything in the game. Sell items to a vendor. Buy items from another player. Freaking chop wood. 
chopping wood is takes five minutes to get one goddamn log out of the game. It's just from top to bottom. It's so unintuitive and it's going to take such effort to completely overhaul every retarded system in the game that by the time they're done, it doesn't matter how many free months they hand out. There's not going to be anybody playing this game still. You know, it's kind of funny because when you consider that there's still people that are playing 11 and considering how old it is as well, the amount of people that they have playing it is actually admirable. And yet then you have this supposed to be the successor that is doing so badly. And it's not like we looked at we seen this previously with EverQuest and EverQuest 2, how a lot of people didn't want to go to EverQuest 2 because, hey, they'd already established themselves in the first one. Well, it's not that. Uh, there's a lot of people who were playing Final Fantasy XI that were more than happy to move on to fourteen. You know, my girlfriend still plays eleven, and vast amounts of the community were ready to move on. They were tired of eleven. They'd seen everything there is to do in eleven. They were ready for this other game. And when the game, it's not that they don't want to go because they don't want to leave everything they have behind. They don't want to go because it's a fucking shithole. <laughs> It's like like saying, hey, I don't want to move out of my house because I love my house. No, it's saying I don't want to move out of my house because my only other option is Detroit. (laughs) All right. So from one broken game to another, let's move on to the changes that we've seen now with 4.0.1 in WoW. Now, have you actually been playing at all lately or are you just point blank waiting for Cataclysm? I'm just waiting for Cataclysm, but I have been... um backseat playing uh, with my girlfriend, helping her get a, get a hold of the new uh, mechanics in the game. Yeah, because basically a lot of the changes that are they're prepping for the release of Cataclysm, a lot of the changes now are in the game. Um, case in point, point, case in point, the new glyph system is in there, which if if you don't have all your glyphs or if you're if you don't make glyphs yourselves it's going to be a little expensive folks cuz it's uh the way it's set up is nice in that you can change them on the fly quite easily whenever you want however you need to first have learned them and there's a shit ton i have not learned so it's going to cost <laughs> me a lot plus the way they changed it with your major and your prime and your minor um And the way they kind of shuffled them around, well, I've still got empty ones because I don't have the glyphs to fill them. And right now they're going for a little too much. So I'm kind of holding off. But uh, it it is interesting. It is. uh, I I know that some inscriptionists that I know are making a lot of money right now. Uh, The other thing, too, that they did is they actually did the changes to your classes in terms of the... Um, the talent points, you've got your new 31 point talent points and the way that it's set up that you are getting your, uh, well, case in point with the hunters, you get your pet right away and things like that. They, they, that has been throwing the biggest wrench in the whole thing since Tuesday last week, because quite frankly, that has been nuts. You've got some classes that are so overpowered right now. It's insane. Yeah. Mages, I'm looking at you and Shadow Breeze. And then you've got other classes that, that used to do phenomenal like hunters that are just really not having fun with the new focus system. Um, and then the uh, Druids have got the new Eclipse system, which took me a little while to get used to, but it's really not rocket science. As balanced, my druid is kicking ass and taking names right now. As Feral Kitty, when she used to do better Feral, both of my gear sets are over 5k. (laughs) She used to do better as Feral going in, and it is a joke right now. It's insane. I I like it's it's like I'm I'm a lowell cat hitting them now, and they're just laughing (laughs) because I sure shit ain't hurting them. Uh, It's it's funny though. You don't just see the disparity among the classes. You just see the disparity among the players because it was the other night you were crying about your cat. But then Kirby's like, oh, I have no problems. I'm doing the same as I was before. Same thing. My girlfriend, her elemental shaman, you know, with a 5K gear score, she's struggling to break, you know, 3,800 DPS. Meanwhile, I have people on Twitter at that exact same moment saying, oh, I love topping the charts of my elemental shaman. So it, it just depending on exactly where you were gear wise and, and with some of the decisions you made. That one little patch either took you in a 
totally awesome direction or completely screwed you. And it's like, it's like, there's, there's a line. It's like, okay, if you're on this side of the line, you're happy. If you're on this side of the line, you're not, even if you're completely identical with your spec and your rotation, just the way they changed a lot of the stats completely threw everything out of whack, not to mention just the mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. And it did actually make a big difference depending on just how high your gear um, was as well and if i'm not mistaken actually chris was having a hard time with his feral, feral kitty as well um but you had problems with that and then because of the changes that they made to like armor penetration well my cat was all armor penetration that's all gone now so now you've got what it did is it changed your gems to either agility or depending on um if it was a if it had something else then maybe crit same with my balance stuff all of a sudden now i i had a lot of of specific gems and now they're all intellect so you got a crap ton of intellect but she's she's not doing nearly as well as she would otherwise if it was all crit so there's a lot of things like that between your glyphs and your gems even if they were all set up right that monday before and you were doing fantastic right after if you didn't take the time to spend a small fortune on your glyphs your gems and then make sure you have the the, the, the ultimate spec but even then some of the classes were really hurting quite a bit like it was funny watching the trade chats and hearing all of the hunters <laughs> complaining and it's like it wasn't QQing though because Everybody else felt their pain. It's like, yeah, no, really, you guys really got kicked in the balls hard. And yeah. uh, I've, I've only heard from a couple that said they haven't had as much of a problem. But for the most part, of every single hunter is, I haven't even, I've, I've specced my hunter. I haven't even bothered going into a random. Uh, it, like, it's just, especially hunter with such a huge mechanic change. Like, even you know, stat changes and gear changes, notwithstanding, just having to completely relearn how to play your class at level 80. That's such a huge, you know, difficulty curve. It's not like, you know, oh, let's just roll a new tune and level that to 80. That'd be a lot easier because, you know, you'd get the progressive learning as opposed to, okay, here's a whole bunch of new shit. Go. Like, what? <laughs> and then I, I actually haven't logged into my Warlock to mess around with the new shard system as well. I'm going to have to because I'm curious just how it works, but that's a huge change as well. And then what else? Well, obviously the, the add-ons. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> I've gone back to playing old school. That's how bad it is. I have had it that literally I've turned off every single add-on. Now, I actually went and I downloaded all of the add-ons that said they were supposed to work with 4.0.1 and I installed them all and well they lie they lying son of a bitch bastards because Liar. they don't it's like error 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 it's like oh my god but the problem is is that even operating with not, with literally not a single mod add-on for say the druid um it is so screwed up right now that my wow client freezes while I'm fishing. It freezes. I tried to do headless horseman today. Okay, no, this this was priceless. Tried to do the headless horseman because for all those who didn't know, the Halloween event has started. Start trying to get your brooms now. Um, but yeah, I I went in and literally I had to restart the client five times before it was finally stable inside of there. And a lot of people are having that problem. Or it'll freeze when they try to start an event in an instance or something like that i mean if you try to get the flag the first one to get the flag in an eye of the storm which is the the call to arms so of course it has to work that's where you're sending most of your people the first one to get the flag more often than not will actually freeze in place and their <laughs> client will freeze on them so there's a person stuck with the flag and you can't do anything so it's just one thing after another right now from what I've been reading, aren't there massive issues with Mac players right now? Well, I'm playing on my Mac and on the PC. I'm still having problems on the PC, but the Mac, the Mac, it makes me laugh because literally there's points where it's like watching a slideshow and I've already seen this slideshow. Okay. I don't need to see it again. It's, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. I dropped everything down. Now, this is not like an old Mac. This is a new mac it's got plenty of ram it's it's a good system and it ran well fine i mean i say fine there's always been a graphic problem wherein the drivers have always 
periodically cause crashes of the client. The Apple likes to blame Blizzard and Blizzard likes to blame Apple for it and saying it's a it's a driver issue. Now, with this here, what's happening, though, is that even with all of the projectile textures, the everything literally dropped way, way down, it is still so glitchy. Even if you're like in a space by yourself, not in a major capital, okay, you're in freaking hills, bread, foothills, there's nobody around you or freaking anywhere, South Shore, it still is glitchy. Not as bad, but once you get into Dalaran, you got to literally go make yourself a sandwich because it's going to take a while before it's actually stable. It's, 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 it gives me a headache playing the game and not because of stupid pugs, but just because it's literally just this flashing as it's doing the old slideshow. So, so Blizzard basically made Final Fantasy 14 is what you're saying? Yeah, well, they, they kicked <laughs> their Mac fans. Yeah, we always support our Mac fans. You kicked us in the balls. That's what you did. Um, we've also found out some information in terms of what's going to be taking out for... Th- 4.0.3 there's a whole bunch of items that are going to be getting the boot now this is something that we already knew kind of there'd been some speculation some of it was quite obvious because it was um they talked about the um Zilgrub mounts well yes they are going to be going going the swift uh tiger the raptor they're going to be gone then there's the hatchling as well they're going to be taking out the polymorph turtle however they said they're going to give you other ways of getting it um but there's a whole bunch of stuff if you actually go to wow.bowdontest.com you can go and find the article about it but there's a bunch of stuff that's going to be taken out but there's also stuff that's going to be changed in terms of the drop rate and where you can get it as well so this has got some people upset especially the mount collectors but then they like to justify it by saying it'll make them rare and all that what I found hilarious was that somebody on Twitter was saying, watch, give it a few months and they'll be selling them in the shops. <laughs> uh, and what else did we find? We actually got the information about the tier 11 outfits as well. They, they've they got the models out so that you can check them out. I This is not, I, I know that Joe wanted to talk about this because he'll actually see the shit. Um, <laughs> I won't, for the most part. The hunter outfit with the bird Murloc cages. Armor. No, look at the hunters. It looks like they have a birdcage on their head. Seriously. No, it's Murloc armor. Look at it. It's a big-ass Murloc. It's, well, yeah, it looks like a birdcage. Freaking, may as well be Robin Williams in there. Um, the uh, the mages outfits are actually pretty decent, except I don't, I don't get the big beard, fluffy cheeks things. I don't, I, 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 nothing really strikes me as awesome. Must have. Uh, Rogue is kind of cool. Rogues like are always the, cool. The ethereal, yeah, and of course, death knights are always freaking amazing. And then the the horns on the warlocks, this freaking crooked ass. It, I've just been through a tornado. They're flexing. They're. Is that what it is? No, I don't think so. I have no idea. It's just like what. Absolute stupidity. So yeah, no, I mean, I mean, they're they're. I'll I'll link them on the site. And you guys can check them out. There, it's just the tier eleven suits. Who cares? I'll never see him, so I don't care. Uh, So that's pretty much it for 4.0.1. I've actually been in-game quite a bit more. I, um, I had to, like I said, I went down to old school in it on my druid. And for the most part, old schooling it on even my shaman. I actually did a lot of healing. Healing right now. Restoration on shaman. Holy crap in hell. That is fun. (laughs) <laughs> it was always fun to a certain degree like i've druid has always been my favorite literally since day one um plus it's always been my favorite in terms of healing as well and it still is but right now healing on a shaman and i mean my dude is not the highest i don't even think he's 5k gear score in freaking Eye of the Storm or any one of them, but I, I spent quite a bit of time in Eye of the Storm today because of the cult arms. But freaking Eye of the Storm, dude, I have like a half dozen or more hordes on me trying to kill me and I'm laughing. I'm, 
Because <laughs> it's like I can heal through everything. And while I'm healing me, as long as I move close enough to my buddies that are close to me, my chain heal is knocking them too. It's absolutely insane right now. And, and we got to see that from the flip perspective because I got to see some Resto Shamans on the Horde side. And it was funny listening to the guys on my team swearing at this guy. They couldn't kill him and he was keeping everybody else alive. And I'm going, <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. But anyway, so we're going to move away from uh, WoW right now and we're going to touch on some Terra because there was some information that was released about Terra, which is actually fairly interesting right now if you were considering the Slayer. I'm going to let you take this one. Yeah, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, we got some previews of the Archer class as well as the Sorcerer. So this week, uh, we got a very, very in-depth preview of the Slayer class. The Slayer is the big two-handed sword-wielding uh, engines of destruction that we've seen. And it, it, it's kind of interesting seeing, again, the unique twists they're taking on this established type of gameplay. I mean, you look at the Slayer, big-ass sword. Uh, you're thinking it's going to be a really heavy, cumbersome warrior class, kind of like uh, the Berserker. So it's cool that they're differentiating these two classes, which at least visually appear to be very similar in play style, are actually completely different. It's cool that they're portraying the Slayer less as the big, clunky, uh, you know, class and more as the agile rogue type class with lots of dodge maneuvers and actually wearing leather armor. Which has changed because initially he was going to be wearing plates and they changed it now. And actually there was an interview with Brian Knox as well, where he talked about this and that was through development. They decided to give him leather because of the changes that they made to the class to make it someone that's much more agile and bouncing around. And, Backstabs? How the hell do you backstab somebody with a seven foot long sword? It's going right through. It's yeah, going through a, a couple of people. <laughs> Line them up. <laughs> they should make that a skill in the game. Attention, terror developers. Yeah. Please put that skill in the game. <laughs> but we got to see some really cool, uh, like actual skill usage, and you know the the the, the way the combos are going to play out in the combat. Like for example, they talked about this one skill, the overhand strike which is an incredibly powerful attack, but it takes really long to pull off if you do it on its own. But if you use it as part of a combo, you know, following up some other skills, that skill itself will actually fire off faster than if you'd used it alone. So it encourages players to, to hit more than one button, which is cool because, you know, if you know you give a player, here's the strongest freaking attack in the game. They're, all, they're not going to do anything but sit there and hit one over and over again. So putting this nice combo gameplay in, even with this, again, this big sword, which you wouldn't think has that much combo capability. Uh, but the, the other one they showed, the knockdown strike, which is like a sweeping strike, knocking the enemy to the ground and following that up with the leaping strike where you leap up in the air and then impale the bitch with your big ass sword from above him. That's so cool. I can't wait to do that in the game. That's all I'll do. All day long. <laughs> It'll be like playing Pokemon. Stop using the same attack. But it is something that because of the, the, the way the combat is going to exist in the game that it's going to require you to actually be paying attention versus the obvious comparison is wow where you can literally just you know macro a few uh, abilities and and you're good to go this is actually going to force you to think about what's going to be the right ability in a given circumstance a lot more because of the type of combat that it's going to be so when they're talking about these chain skills where you're going to be you know you can use this and this to do this yeah that is something that's you know you're not necessarily going to see it all the time you're not going to be able to do it all the time but when you pull it off it's going to be freaking awesome like when i was just looking at that too when they're talking about the knockdown and then the leaping strike that's just going to be something that takes your breath away when if, whenever you're able to actually pull it off because no doubt there's going to be counters to that that the the mobs will know i have to say though calling it a chain skill is is kind of unfair because when you think chain skills you think like we saw an ion where you can only do this attack after you've done that attack but, you know, you have access to these skills at any time in Terra, and it's up to the player to develop their own combinations of them. So calling it a chain is kind yeah, of... I was uh, doing it loosely. Like, 
Yeah. yeah. But it, you know, just, just for clarification, you can do leaping strike without first doing the knockdown strike. It will be less effective, but the options are there. And who knows what the player base is going to come up with once this game is out. Look at any fighting game. Yeah, you see how the, the developers thought people were going to do it. And then you see how the players like, oh, yeah, here, look at this. You know, come up with something completely unheard of. It's going to be a very fun game to play. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I uh, it is one that I'm seriously looking forward to. Uh, let's move on to some of the big sales that we've seen. That it's, uh, the who is this? VG Charts set up a list of the best-selling games from two from January to September of 2010 by platform. Now, what's interesting here is that for all the knocking that Nintendo gets for the Wii, yeah. look at how many freaking Wii games are still in there, including the stupid. Sp- Sports resort and stuff like that. Like I can see the heart and goal, and I can see you know. Although black and white isn't in there, is it? No, it's not. It's still uh, the heart. It and is goal. on the DS listings, but yeah. not overall. So those I can see, but those I mean, I'm, it's still surprising. Now I was also surprised to see that Red Dead Redemption is number one, not because it doesn't deserve it, but simply because of the mature rating on it. You, the other games that reach a, a broader audience, it makes sense that they're selling a lot more, but I was a little surprised to see that. Anything else surprise you? Um, not so much surprising. I, I think it's amazing how much sales Halo has generated in a Not month. Short time, yeah. Yeah, five, let's say 5.3 million copies. That's insane. Yeah. Um, another one that kind of jumped out at me. Where was it here? Mass Effect 2. I thought it would have sold more than 2 million just based on the uh, the marketing campaign behind it. 2 million just seemed like a low number to me. Yeah, but that's, the, which one's that? That's on the 360, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. it's still, it sold but, 2 million because it's not on the PS3. But exactly. You, you compare it. It sold less than Modern Warfare 2, and that game came out last year. But we don't know how many, uh, well, how Battlefield Bad Company is on there. Not Battlefield Bad Company 2. Battlefield Bad Company is on there at number 8. But we don't know how many uh, people bought Mass Effect on PC, which is what I did. That's true. So that's where it's a little different. These are our console ones. But yeah, so we got Red Dead Redemption. We got New Super Mario Brothers, which is really not surprising to me. Again, it's a Nintendo and it's a Super Mario game. Um, Wii Sports Resort. A little bit surprising. Pokemon. So there we got two, three, four. Well, all Nintendo Wii Sports games. Resort isn't surprising seeing as it came with a little dongle that you need to play every future Wii game. No, uh, Yeah, but still. Uh, Pokemon. It's like Wii Play was on the top of the list for, what, three years? Oh, dude. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Halo Reach, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Wii Sports, Wii Fit Plus, there's another one, uh, Battlefield, Final Fantasy 13. That was a surprising one for me as well. Because, quite frankly, considering the, the reviews that it got and everything else, I certainly did not think it would be doing that well this year. And, and then Super Mario Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because, yeesh, I don't know. But when you're talking about big sales, too, and see, this is a big one here. Now, that's not on this list here. But we just found out that this new game from uh, yeah. Lingo, Cut the Rope. So this is an iPhone, iPad game. And there's a free version that you can try out, and um, and then there's the the actual version, which sells for uh, two bucks on the iPad, one buck on the the iPhone. This sucker <laughs> has sold a million copies in ten days, dude. Do you know what kind of profit we're looking at for the company oh, yeah. here? That's insane. Like even at a dollar a piece, I guarantee you it did not take a lot of money to develop that game. My God. Yeah, but did, okay, you don't have either. Do you have an iPod or anything at all? I got nothing. Okay. See, I actually got the free version on my iPad and dude, I'm buying the freaking game. It is, it's, it's a little puzzle game. It's not that big a deal, but it's addictive as all hell. And I mean... They know how to do that well. So it's not surprising. I shouldn't say it's not surprising. It's still surprising how many they've sold. But it also gives credence then to, again, old Steve wanted to say how much that, you know, the iPhone and the iPod is is beating everybody in terms of a gaming device. Well, with stats like this, it is. <laughs> like that's, again, a million copies in 10 days. These boys, you know, made a tidy profit there. I hope they celebrated with a couple of beers. <laughs> That's <laughs> mighty impressive. And what else were we going to talk? Oh, we're going to end with some staff QQing because this yeah. 
was awesome. This was actually a find from Madame Tarte. So Tarte, I know you're listening. Thanks for finding this for us. But this was awesome. Now, the, the thing with this is that it's a blog post by someone. We're going to start with one and then move on to the other one. Somebody who claims to have worked for EA and then goes on a freaking ranting session. I love these because even if they're not true, they're entertaining. But oh, yeah. it's it's so you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt as to whether or not it's true. But there's certain times when there it's certainly there. there's enough backstory enough knowledge that it certainly feels like it's true and so this is someone who is complaining who worked on warhammer who is talking about why it failed now again granted this person may very well just be very upset because they figured they were going to be let go very soon and so that's why they left this but i told i despite the spelling and grammar errors (laughs) throughout (laughs) i laughed myself silly i thought this was awesome i don't know what did you think Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I guarantee, you know, just with anything else, it has to be taken with a grain of salt. Everybody, well, I don't want to say everybody, but just about everybody hates their job. And the way, you know, somebody recounts the the happenings of their place of employment to you know, a friend or whatever, I guarantee you is at least in part fundamentally different from the way it actually is because it's all based upon their experiences and if you look at this it's got to be a lot of conjecture in here there's not that much facts to back a lot of this up but hell i'll believe it because it's freaking hilarious (laughs) oh yeah like he's talking about his boss which was rob denton saying how he was never there to work on it and then they're talking as well about the marketing which there was absolutely no marketing for it to try to actually sell and then they're talking about as well how the game was put out far too early which everybody said that as well and that that's why it simply was not ready so now that they've fixed a lot of the things and it would have been ready now to put out nobody wants to even give it a shot because it's been too long or they have a bad taste in their mouth because they played it when it wasn't ready but i mean how often are we seeing that anyways where that's exactly what's happening with everybody i mean hell we don't have to look any further than apb to see how something is rushed out because they need to make some money and then it sucks or hellgate i mean we actually spoke to those folks And that's what it was. Get it out because you need to make the money to recoup. Now, what was interesting here as well, which we kind of locked on to, was him talking about Bioware and the Mm -hmm. old Republic. Now, this is where you need to decide whether or not you want to believe this guy because it's a little frightening when he's talking about the old Republic and how right now everybody on the inside EA is taking it as a joke that it's not going to be ready and that he is saying that it will be the greatest failure in the history of MMOs. Yeah, you have to, there's definitely a bit of venom there. Maybe I I would say even some jealousy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you have to think there, there, there is something to that, perhaps, because way back when we first started talking about the Old Republic, one of the first things I brought up was, how much of this game is going to be voice data? That's something I said forever ago. How huge is this game going to be just based on the voice alone? And we're seeing some statistics of that rolling into here. So there might be at least a little bit of truth to back up their crazy, you know, ramblings. And and again, and I certainly don't want to say, make it appear as this, as if I'm taking this to be the gospel. And some of it, but I don't want to dismiss it as a fanboy and say, ah, no, no, no. You know, the old Republic's going to be fantastic. What the hell do I know? I don't know. It might very well tank. The fact of the matter is what they are pushing as being such a revolutionary thing, the voice acting, may be their downfall if that's all they're concentrating on. If all they're concentrating on is the voice acting, they're going to be screwed for the rest of the game. And we need the rest of the game to make it a game that we want to play. So there might very well be some truth in here. And just think thinking about like maybe even future content updates. What, what's it going to take them to put out a new planet if they have to completely voice every character on that planet? I mean, there there is things to consider here, even if it's not, you know, the truth. 
Yeah. The, the one thing that also made me kind of stop and go, okay, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about so much. <laughs> because when he's saying that even George Lucas is panicking about this, I'm thinking, <laughs> George Lucas doesn't really? give a crap. <laughs> George Lucas, I doubt very much, cares about this. Apparently, he didn't care about galaxies, at least not that I heard of. And I can't imagine this is going to be a galaxies. So I can't imagine that Lucas is, you know, doing the rounds of the, the studio there and telling everybody that he's discussed it with the project and how it's going. So that kind of made me stop and go, hmm, I don't know. But from one to another, let's look at Valve now. And we got another one, which was somebody bitching about Valve. Bitching about... <laughs> <laughs> the the management with Valve and this one was even funnier in a lot of regards simply because it, this this person was really not happy and, and it's not even Valve they're angry at it's this one person person at Valve yeah <laughs> so yeah and and when he's talking about this person who is has worked at other places and didn't declare that and I'm going dude you never lied on a resume before to get a job that you wanted I mean that's pretty much common occurrence everywhere right now. I don't know, but it was hilarious to hear this person going off. The thing that's funny though, is that, and again, this very, very well may be true that you're putting somebody in a position of power for a game that talks a big talk, but may not necessarily have any practical experience in game development. But I mean, that's it's it's believable simply because we're seeing that everywhere. You see that in every company. There's somebody that, you know, certainly makes it seem like they know what they're talking about. In this case here, what the hell is the name of the guy that he's talking about here? I'm going to find it. Uh, Ice Frog is the name of the guy. They, they 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 gave him a name though he has never officially even revealed his own actual name. The guy's like freaking Prince. <laughs> okay, no, but I'm talking about the guy that he's ranting on. He's not ranting on Ice Frog. Well, he's putting him down awful hard, you know. Okay, no, the... no, he changed that then because there was an actual name when this first came out. There was a name. Well, the the name they have attached to Ice Frog is Abdul Ismail. I mean, but look at the, the, the name of the freaking post is the truth about ice frog. <laughs> no, I know, but that's been changed. I'm actually going to, yeah, like I said, it, there was a lot of stuff flying around in that article. It was hard to keep track of it. Yeah. But again, it's somebody who's bitching about this, this person who has a position of authority, but it's, it's again, you're going to see that in any company that you work for, that somebody got a job that they shouldn't have. And, they have no practical experience doing it. So this is really not that that different than that. No, I guess he didn't change it at that point. I'm looking at I had actually taken a screenshot in case it disappeared. But basically the article is about this guy, Ice Frog, who has gone to, you know, he, he was working on Dota All-Stars. You know, we can't call it Defense of the Ancients. That's property of Blizzard, whatever. Uh, but and then he went around to these other companies, uh, Relic and uh, 2G, I think the other company was named, and basically worked on League of Legends and Heroes of New Earth, which are the exact same freaking game. And then came to Valve to make his uh, version of Dota, Dota 2, basically doing the exact same thing he'd done previously. And it's just a lot of questionability over how much of the game design is actually coming from, quote unquote, Ice Frog, or how much he just yanked from these other companies that he spent time with. And how if anybody questions his decisions, they just get shot down because, you know, he is the overlord of the game development. So they're just really questioning his... His authority is, is what the article is basically about. Well, not just his his authority, but also the integrity. Again, yes. that, that concept of bringing over any kind of work that you did on the other games to then incorporate it into whatever you're working on with and, a new company. And how he's kind of ashamed to be working for Valve, even on a different team, going, hmm, the company I'm working for hired this guy who's you know questionable, and they know about his questionable past. So it, it's him being upset about you know the direction his company is theoretically going in. So I can definitely at least see how he's so upset about it. Yeah, but you know what? It's surprising that Gabe wants to make money. It's surprising that Gabe yeah. brought somebody over who has experience doing something that he wants to do with one of his games and has put him in charge and, and, and doesn't, you know, is is kind of not looking to very, very much to see whether or not it's all on the up and up and all that. Come on, give me a freaking break. How, how naive are you that you think that this isn't being done everywhere? You got the skills to do this? Yes. All right. You know the coding on how to do it? Okay, great. Do it. I don't care where you learned it. I don't care where you got it from. Just do it. Put it in. 
Yeah, it, it just goes to show the how different the game industry functions from anything else. Because if you're at a point in your career path where you're working for EA or Valve or something, at that point, pretty much everybody knows everybody. You know, the, the, the teams fluctuate based upon the development cycle of the games. Obviously, they hire a bunch of artists at first, but then, you know, once all the coding begins, they don't need the artists as much. Those artists leave, go work for another company. I mean, everybody knows everybody in the gaming industry, more or less. I Obviously, there's, you know, you get the, the Bobby Codex who won't work with this guy and you know all that shenanigans but by and large the, the gaming industry is just so different from just about anything else in the world it's so interesting to see the inside politics finally starting to explode out because this is stuff you know it's been going on forever obviously and and now you know with blogs and twitter and you know all the ways we have to communicate now that we didn't have you know even five years ago really it's interesting seeing all this inner turmoil coming to light yeah, and it's creating some very fun mimes to read because some of the ones that have been coming out have been absolutely hilarious. Hello? Trim the fat, damn it. Is that your way of saying I'm fired? <laughs> Did you listen to last week's episodes? <laughs> I didn't listen to the edited ones, no. <laughs> Perhaps you should. <laughs> how, how much was left on the cutting room floor to say? <laughs> oh, no, that's not what I mean. Actually, hold on oh. a second here. <laughs> laptop. Echo, echo, echo. I don't even remember what the hell I was trying to say. Nobody does. That's a <laughs> Nobody has a clue what you were trying to say there. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So people who are just kind of listening and have no clue, all of a sudden it's like repeating that same, what the hell is he trying to say? Was there an aneurysm that followed that? Is there a medical condition? <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, I, I give you points on that one. Because uh, I took a bunch of crap out from both of you during this it was actually a fantastic episode, but for some reason, both of you were kind of like, uh, I, I, and long pauses at points, and I'm going, what the hell's wrong with you guys? Because we're used to taking a break for a few minutes every now and then ah, when you're talking. Bite me. Yeah, because it's the first time you've made an ass out of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or someone did for you. Hi, I'm Vince. I'm a complete moron, and yeah. this is Roger. Welcome to Bow Down to <laughs> That's our new bumper. Now on. Trying to play me out like as if my name was Sega. But I ain't going out like no punk, bitch. 